This is the Doctor Who podcast, and you are most welcome. All right, let's check the list. No, she's not a TARDIS. No, she's not the Watcher. No, she's not a Jaggeroth. Holy mackerel, name of the Doctor! And welcome to episode 208 of the DWP, the Doctor Who podcast. Um, welcome to a world which looks very, very different this morning after the season finale from season 7B, The Name of the Doctor. In the camp of to discuss this, well, I don't know, it's a bit of a trivial little episode, it's a bit of a time filler, I suppose. Um, I'm joined, oh, hello, my name is Tom, of course, hello, um, and I'm joined by James. Hello, Tom. Hello, Trevor. Hello, everybody. Hello, and, and of course, Trevor. <laughs> of course, yes, I'm here. Hello, hello, everyone. Well, okay. Um, do you know what? Let's not let's not beat about the bush, um, gentlemen. Yesterday evening was the season finale for Doctor Who in 2013. I don't know where I am. Claire! I just know I'm running. Sometimes it's like I've lived a thousand lives in a thousand places. I'm born, I live, I die. And always there's the Doctor. Always I'm running to save the Doctor again and again and again. And he hardly ever hears me. But I've always been there. Doctor? Yes? What is it? What do you want? Right from the very beginning. Sorry, but you're about to make a very big mistake. Don't steal that one, steal this one. The navigation system's knackered, but you'll have much more fun. Right from the day he started running. Run, you clever boy. And remember me. Trevor, would you like to let us know what, if anything, you thought of that? Well, we finally got here. I mean, I mean, it seems like a long time since Asylum of the Daleks. It really, really does. It seems like an eternity. But really, we got Asylum of the Daleks at, what, at the beginning of September last year. Mm. But it seems so much longer mm. since we first pretty much saw Clara um, as, as you know, the, the, the uh, Dalek in Asylum of the Daleks. Mm. But we finally come full circle. We, we finally get a few answers that we've been asking for ever since September last year. Now, I think Name of the Doctor is the episode the fans were looking for. This is the episode of 7B that everyone has been looking forward to. Heck, this is the episode of Series 7 that everyone's <laughs> been looking forward to. It, it finally gives us some answers, and in true Moffat fashion, it gives us some teasers for the future. Uh, whether or not you think they're teasers or not is a different matter entirely, but um, it certainly starts setting up stuff for what presumably will be the anniversary story on the 23rd of November. It, it's, it's a wonderful mixed bag of, yes, we've got some answers, but yes, we've also got some more questions, not only about the future, but about this episode as well, about how we got to Name of the Doctor. It, it's, it's a wonderful 
as I said, mixed bag for me. Okay. So did, did you enjoy it, though? I think I did, yeah. I think I really did. I think this is the culmination, really, of what we've been getting from 2005 onwards. Doctor Who was a very different beast now. It is a very, very different show to what we're used to in the classic era. We have to accept now that Doctor Who is about season arcs. Doctor Who is about multi-year, multi-doctor threads running through the entire show. And that's what we got with Name of the Doctor. We had reaches back all the way back to the end of River Song in Silence of the Library. I mean, it's incredible the scope of just this one episode that casually, without any explanation whatsoever, reaches back four or five years into the show's history and pulls out little nuggets to use as plot points in this story. Whether that's a good thing or not, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm still undecided, although it's a good story, as to whether this is something that the casual fan can really get into. Was there enough in there for someone who picks this up, you know, as, as Doctor Who for the first or even second time? Is there enough there for people to enjoy Name of the Doctor? I, you know, it's, a, it's a good question, but the, the idea of a season finale might indicate that, you're, that you, you need to watch at least the preceding season. Um, but I think what, you, but I guess what you're saying is you need to be watching the previous five years, or for, sorry, the, the, the mm. previous seven years. Well, certainly you have to understand who River Song is. Certainly you have to understand that she died the first time we saw her. That you have to understand the relationship between the Doctor and River Song. You have to understand what's happened all during series seven with regards to Clara and the Doctor mm. and how they have this very special and unique relationship. And uh, while, while for me as a fan I enjoyed it, I, I, I think it gave some wonderful resolutions to what we've been all guessing about you know, since, since September last year. But yeah, I mean, will will the not we, I suppose, as uh, Gallifrey Base calls them, understand and enjoy this episode? Do you know what? I just don't care. <laughs> I'm really not that bothered. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, I, I just watched a, a fantastic episode of Doctor Who. It's, uh, it pushed all my buttons, certainly. And yeah, I think it is a consideration. And I think once the euphoria has died down a little bit and people are just looking at it as another Doctor Who episode, perhaps we can objectively look at whether or not someone who isn't as passionate about the show as we are would enjoy it and understand it. But yeah. for this at this moment in time, I just don't care. Um, <laughs> I thought it was brilliant. What did you like about it, James? Everything. Um, I, I, I thought the writing was absolutely <clears throat> superb. I don't think there was a single line of dialogue wasted. I think this episode contained everything that the preceding seven episodes, for me, had, had been lacking. It was the, mm, it was the home run of this series by a mile. It was head and shoulders above anything else in terms of the suspense and uh, the interest and intrigue. And that's almost independently of all of those things that Trevor mentioned. Um, you know, the, the callbacks, which were, which were fantastic. Um, I've only seen it once at the time of recording, so I haven't gone back to check to see how good it was because I was just hit by this tidal wave of pastiche you know and love really for the last 50 years of the show and it was all written into a fantastic novel interesting story the death of the doctor it's never really been examined in intricate detail at all in doctor who at least it was touched on in the sarah jane adventures but what a fantastic idea i love the way the tomb was realized i love trends law which I, I suspect was probably quite a cheap set but my goodness does if ever there was a doctor who episode that proves you don't need to have millions and millions thrown at it to generate an intriguing and interesting story then this is it um but yeah pretty much 
everything. I would, if, if there was one thing I didn't like, I'd say perhaps the guest cast didn't have that much to do. And I think River Song's insertion was all insertion. <laughs> I better say that again, actually. Um, <laughs> I, I think River Song's inclusion was probably a little bit superfluous. And it, it, it's not mm, I agree. It, It's not because I dislike River Song at all. I really like River Song, and I think Alex Kingston is a fantastic actress. But I don't think she was absolutely essential for this particular episode. But I guess Moffat's thinking, how can I not have her in it? Well, before we get into the real, I, I suppose, deep analysis of the plot points, Tom, mm. what, what did you think? Um, right, well... Okay, so I, I've watched all of season seven. I watched seven A. I watched seven B, um, and all these plot lines were there, waiting to be resolved. And oh man, and I, tu- I okay, and I turned on the TV. I was hoping for it to be good. I wanted to enjoy it. I wanted it to be to to be interesting. I wanted it to have strong characters and to be and to tie everything up. And it, but it wasn't good. It was it was it was different to good. It was, it was absolutely amazing. It was brilliant. It's probably the best thing I've ever seen. It's absolutely fantastic. <laughs> Um, I, I had to leave the house like I had, I, I had to leave the house bang on the credits and I was just like, driving down the road with this, just with this silly grin on my face it's mm. brilliant it's um, I don't know about the best episode of Doctor Who ever because there's there's there needs to be more time for that but it's certainly the best episode of this season it's certainly the best I don't know about the is it the best episode since it came back it mm, okay the, the, the fight for that particular the, the fight for that accolade goes has got to be between Rose and the passing of the ways but it's up there it's in the top five with no shadow of a doubt John mm. Hurt is the doctor. Calm down. Em- oh, that's amazing. That is amazing. <laughs> yes. I, abso- I, I kind of thought we were going to have to be quite patient before we got to discuss that bit, but I'm, I'm chomping at the bit. <laughs> no, let's, let, 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 let's, <laughs> let's, let's, let's get to it. But I think you, you've, you've hit, you've hit all, the, all the great things. Well, I'm, I'm a big one for um, connotation. I'm, one, I'm, I'm a big one for mythology and symbolism and everything I could possibly want was there. The Shattered Tardis, the dead old man, character development for the doctor. Um, still got a couple of issues with Jenna, but that's beside the point. Um, I love the uh, I, I love that little that little group um, Vastra Jenny and Strax they're fantastic uh, and I know they have a name but it slipped my but it slipped my mind because I'm still so excited that <laughs> that, that was that was easily the best episode of Doctor Who I've seen for years absolutely and of course how can we get how can we get past this all the doctors in there too so listen the, the thing the thing to say here is Trev last week you were you were complaining or you indicated that you were disappointed that Stephen Moffat was being um, a little bit retentive with his sweets now do you know what. I think what we saw last night is is what is what I had thought. This is what probably what we'll get in the special. You know, a couple of cameos and some body doubles. We got that in the in the episode in the season finale. What are we going to get in the special? Uh, also, the, the, in fact, the one negative or slightly off note was this: um, people have been suggesting that what you would do to bring back the uh, the doctors who have passed away would be to get bits of old footage and paste them. Into, mm. uh, into, into current footage. Now that happened last night, and I've got to say, as happy as I was, and as well as I can suspend my disbelief, that is why we can't do it because it looks like that. It's brilliant if you can um, back it up with a bit of memory and, and squint your eyes a little bit, but it oh. looks like that. I, I can't believe it's me saying this. I just don't care. Oh, listen, neither looks, do I. Oh, it it was brilliant. I don't oh. care whether it was badly photoshopped. I've, I've seen a few comments online now that I have seen it saying that it wasn't 
technically fantastic. But no. for me, I, I mean, again, as, as, as looking at it totally from a fan perspective, it was everything I was hoping from the 50th anniversary. I yeah. mean, when we turned it off last night, I was thinking, have we not just seen the 50th anniversary? This is what I'm saying. I, I, I assume <laughs> the reason they did it in this particular episode is because it's technically difficult, possibly quite expensive, and you can't produce fantastic results. However, it also means that they don't need to do it again in the 50th. They can concentrate on the three actors who are playing a doctor. I I think for I mean I'm I'm sort of with Tom here that I did enjoy the sort of nods to the past and there but there were some bits that were incredibly badly photoshopped I suppose as you could call it. I loved the colorized heart and I thought that worked really yeah. really well the way they u- used the audio and the way they used some of the scenes and they colorized some of his scenes to to use alongside Clara. I loved the bit where um, Clara fell onto the fifth doctor during Castrovalva when, <laughs> when, when he was in the zero room. That was beautifully realized. I thought that was fantastic. It's all good. Um, there wasn't a bad sorry? there wasn't a bad bit in it, no, it as it far as I'm good. concerned. No, 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 but 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 there were certain bits I didn't really enjoy. They they used the invasion of time scene with Tom Baker running down the corridor two or three times. I thought that verged on a bad Photoshop. Um, I, I thought the bit in five doctors they used was good because it was done really quickly with Bessie rolling past. But then later in the episode when they showed uh, Dr. Simeon standing on the roadside, that looked badly photoshopped. So that that, that was sort of half-half. Oh. I, I mean, for me, there were certain bits that worked really, really well because they were really quick and you recognised them quickly or that they were well done in terms of, you know, sort of special effects. But there were some that stood at an absolute mile. Oh, I, I, I couldn't even notice that. I mean, I, I, I did, on reflection, realise they used film sequences for both the second and the third Doctor, and I think that's clearly because they can they can make the uh, result much more effective, much higher quality. But you, you mentioned the colourised Hartnell part. I really enjoyed the part towards the end that was all in black and white with just Clara and William Hartnell, where she was talking to him about which TARDIS to take. Yeah. And they, the fact that they went back and put that sequence in black and white, I, I just thought it, it worked fantastically. I mean, I, I just want to make this absolutely crystal clear for once in my DWP career. I have no quibbles at all <laughs> with any of the referrals or hotbacks to the old Doctors. For me, it all worked brilliantly. I, I wasn't too sure about that um, scene with Patrick Troughton running across what seemed to be like a Futuristic, California yeah. beach park or something like that. I mean, the the brief thing I saw of that looked like it was sort of an unaired adventure type of feel. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I I couldn't pick it from any televised. I think it was the Five Doctors. It, 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 I think it was the Five Doctors yeah, where he's running in his Yeti coat almost, yeah. and it was picked up and yeah. reinserted into a new. Yeah, scene. they yeah. they use that, but then they. You know, basically, I mean, if we can use the word photoshopped him onto a new scene, which seemed like like a park beside some sort of California beach somewhere. Yes, that's right. That, that it doesn't correspond to anything. Well, unless maybe you want to think about the enemy of the world, but oh come on, season six B. <laughs> yeah, there we go. I mean, it doesn't correspond to anything. No. It doesn't correspond to any, it doesn't map to anything we've seen, but it, it it's just there. No, but, it doesn't. But you're it right. Doesn't, the action no. comes. You're, you're right. The action comes from the time scoop scene in um, mm. the Five Doctors. Um, yeah. But the, some, something else I wanted to mention is, don't forget, we're still only part way through, although we've seen the episode, we're still only part way through the action. The Doctor is still inside 
made his own time stream right there. Mm, indeed. Um, but where, where there is a distinct lack, apparently, of Tenth Doctor or Eighth Doctor. I noticed that. Oh, but, but mind mm. you, that said, someone has already someone has already been kind enough to get to go in and hack the episode to pieces, and they've shown that the Eighth Doctor does appear, albeit very, very briefly, oh, in right. one of the Clara sequences. But the reason I mention this, though, um, because it, it, it is that we're still partway through that particular narrative, that particular the story's not finished yet. And what I'm wondering is... Where were the others running to? Away from the camera. <laughs> yeah, I mean, weren't they just trying to hit exactly that? You know, they were trying to show in a very non-obvious, let's not show their face type of feel. That, I mean, they, they explained it during the episode that Clara was in the middle of the Doctor's time stream mm-hmm. and we saw the Fifth Doctor and the Sixth Doctor and the Fourth Doctor. Without actually having to have the actors there, you know, they portrayed those incarnations of the Doctor, I suppose, in the best possible way they could without having the original actors. Was it there. five, six and four? I thought it was. Hang on, let's, let me just think. Was it, no, it was, it was five. Four. There was definitely the sixth. There was definitely the yeah. fourth. There was definitely the fifth because they all ran by. It was definitely ninth. first through to seven. It was the first. It was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Um, uh, no question. Okay. Um, the eighth one, as I said, they may it may have been, may have been representational of his. Uh, well, the amount of screen time again had, but he was he was only in it for a very short period of time, if at all. Um, I think they used a body double for Eccleston. Yeah, I'm not, I, don't, I don't think they they, they used. They used a body for double all for all of yeah. them. What are you talking really? about? Really? Yeah, for all of them. Yeah, every single one of them was a body. At the double end, when they were because past. they in that scene where Clara was in the time stream, they they didn't use any original footage. No. It it was all actors dressed up in you know Eccles outfit or. Yeah. Collins outfit yeah. running oh, by wow. in various there you are. It just, of, um... just shows how much is just washed all over me because I was enjoying <laughs> the episode so much. But the only one who I thought didn't look like, you know, uh, the Doctor himself was was the back of, of, of Eccleston as he was walking away. I thought, no, that's, that's clearly not him. In fact, I thought Matt Smith, with all his hair shaved off, um, looks much more like Eccleston than I expected him to. <laughs> well, the reason I don't think the Eighth Doctor features heavily in this is because of the rumours we've been hearing about John Hurt's participation in the anniversary story that he is going to be playing an alternate ninth doctor that the john hurt ninth doctor is going to be the one that it has that that was involved with the time war Mm. that that's why the 11th doctor is disowning him because the stuff he did during the time war is something that the other doctors are shunning and therefore they've forgotten that this particular doctor existed which is why we have the eccleson doctor um having so much shame over what happened during the time war because he's basically trying to forget that this John Hurt Doctor existed. So I, I really think that's what they're leading to in the anniversary special. I mean, it's a very dark storyline, to be sure. I think we're going to have John Hurt as being the true Ninth yeah. Doctor and exploration as to why you know, doctors past that are, are so ashamed of his involvement in the time. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think that's why the episode was called The Name of the Doctor, because he didn't commit those acts that he thought were necessary and that was articulated in last night's episode all the other incarnations of the doctor want to keep that uh, a secret and I, I think that's a fantastic idea the only thing i would add to the theory is that he may not necessarily be a new incarnation of the doctor there could have been something happen to the eighth incarnation that means john hurt is playing an older version of him perhaps but everything okay. everything else yeah. i'm i'm with you on definitely yeah well we've talked a little bit about I, I suppose the main thrust of this story and what you know the doctor and clara have to do in this story but we really haven't talked about some of the more 
minor characters like uh, Madame Vastra and her, um, how shall one say it, partner, and uh, our, our favourite Sontaran Strax, for example, mm. and River Songs. I think we should talk a little bit about um, their inclusion in this yeah, story. I, I agree. I mean, before we actually talk about them, can I talk about how they were all brought together, this conference call thing? Because I, I was wondering whether or not this was bordering too close to, to magic once again. Um, oh, you used that M word. I did. That Brilliant. I did. That was in my notes it's too. Made, well, there was another I, M word as well that I will mention quickly, yeah. <laughs> which was the Matrix. I was really with that conference call until they brought in Riversong and Clara. I was all for it. I, I could kind of accept that we were using this sort of pseudo magic nonsense to bring Vastra and her friend and Strax together. But then when Vastra suddenly spewed out that line, oh, dreams can transcend time. I mean, that, that kind of lost me just a little bit. And um, I, I, I kind of wondered whether we were venturing into magic territory, yeah. bringing in Clara and I River. think it is. I think it is. But on this occasion, it didn't bother me. Um, and I can't really tell you for definite why. Um, I, I think it was what I, I, I kind of alluded to a second ago, perhaps, because... Jenny was actually murdered while she was in this dreamlike state in the conference call. I automatically assumed, oh, that's just like the Matrix. Somebody's just pulled the wire out or something, and um, and she's died. She's died in real life, and because the Matrix is such a sci-fi themed film, I, I kind of could live with it. And I was incredibly intrigued by the coming together of uh, all of these characters as well. And so so for me, yes, I think it was definitely too magic, but I could live with it this time. But wasn't it a bit Amy's choice? I, mean, I, 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 I was, I was <laughs> yes. minded of the of the scene with the dream world. What happens when you die in, drill, in, in, real, in real life? You die, stupid. <laughs> was, was, was my feeling there. But in, but in fairness to the supporting cast, we haven't really talked about Clara. We haven't really talked about um, the girl who saved the Doctor. We haven't talked about the resolu- the way that this was resolu- uh, the resolution came about. Most, and I can say that mostly because I predict this last week and I, and I want my bar of chocolate uh, frankly I, I think she was always I think it's becoming more apparent throughout season 7b that she was pretty much whatever the doctor needed at any time and I think lots of people postulated right at the beginning of this that she was a Jaggeroth because she was clearly split throughout time and was you know had, had slight differences in her characterization because clearly we know now that was because she needed to help the Doctor at various times. Now, I like the theory, I like the story, and I like the plotting. It all works. When you think about it pragmatically, if the Great Intelligence was, you know, had access to every single second of the Doctor's life, then, my goodness, uh, <laughs> the character of Clara, split into an infinite number of different iterations, was going to be very busy watching the Doctor's back. Mm. Well, I, I, this is the thing, though, I wonder... Um, there's a, there's a bit of there's a trick of logic required when you're watching multi doctor stories to work it to to ask the question. Hang on a minute, if they're all here now, how come the last one doesn't know what's what's happening? It's already happened to him before. So what? So I'm thinking what we have to do here is apply the same logic that works there. And of course, remember that it's just a TV show. It's just a TV show. Oh, Tom, wash I know, I know. <laughs> which, which is to say that events in Doctor Who don't happen until they've happened. So even though they appear to be happening to previous Doctors, they don't happen until they happen. But did the... it actually work? Did, exactly. Did, did that even matter this time? Because yes, I does. think as... as it as, does. does that... I mean, I, mean I, I, I thought the same thing Tom did, that, um, you know, there was going to be problems with 
continuity. Uh, Dr. Simeon entering yeah. and then Clara entering. Um, uh, but I, I, I took the same approach that Tom did, that things happen when they happen. Dr. Simeon entered and started affecting the time stream. We saw all that through the you know, clips from Invasion of Time, mm. from Five Doctors, et cetera, et cetera. And then Clara decided, okay, I'm going to go make a difference. She realised that she was the Clara from Asylum of the Daleks, and she went in and made a difference. So things happen when they happen. The, the, the time stream is constantly changing. It's mm. almost like a Back to the Future type version yeah. of yeah. Um, the, you know, the way the time works, which is kind of weird because that's the kind of plot device they used at the beginning to deliver the note to Clara in uh, present day 2003. That, you know, basically, I, I hope this note is reaching you at the right time. It, it's been infused with the chemicals to make you sleep. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Um, that's, that's, that's a so obvious Back to the Future homage. It's not funny. With, with, with a little bit of Harry Potter chucked in for good measure. There's also a lot of old Doctor Who mythology in there. I mean, that line about the, the dimensioning forces of the TARDIS making you giddy straight from Cash Valva. It's fantastic. I think littered throughout this entire episode, far more so than any other episode we've seen so far, you know, you, you've got countless references to mm. classic who and i have a feeling there would have been a heck of a lot in there that would have passed me certainly by on first viewing uh, but I, I seem to remember you know even the dragonfire scene you know we always wondered <laughs> how the seventh doctor got down well <laughs> there you go it was clara helping him yeah, yeah, at, yeah. at some point i mean i'm quite happy to retcon that i've got no trouble at all when you i suppose this is what you were getting at that i didn't quite understand uh, a few seconds ago when you watch dragonfire do you mentally insert clara <laughs> at that point to assist. That's the game that uh, I think Moffat wants us to play from here on in. But if, but, Fine but by as, me. <laughs> but, but, but as I say, nothing, things don't happen until they happen. Right up yeah, until the point yeah, that they yeah, happened yeah. last night, it was as we've seen it on TV. No, um, I'm with you. At the point, but at the, at the, then we get to last night's events, and it's different. But now, after last night, it's the same again, which is fine for me. <laughs> there we go. I've... I'm kind of wondering because I mean, I, I'm 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 on board with the game that Moffat is playing with this. That Clara has been inserted pretty much in every instance of every incarnation Ooh. of the doctor's yeah. life but i'm i'm wondering what sort of difference clara makes to standing by the roadside when the third doctors and bessie are screaming by and five doctors i'm wondering what difference clara makes to standing in the corridor in some gallifrey capital space when the fourth doctor is running by um i i can really understand some of them like certainly the 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 uh, dragonfire mm, mm. uh seventh doctor hanging off a cliff type of thing how did that get resolved but some of the ones you see there, I mean, could almost border on gratuitous. Do we need to know? Do no, we, we need don't, to know? We I mean, we just know that she was there doing stuff. But what was she doing? Stuff. I mean, the, the whole plot point of. She I mean, have to do something I'm coming time. from this not from a. I'm I'm not coming from this from a criticism point of view. I I was on board with Clara being inserted into the Doctor's time stream. I was on board with that. Please don't get me wrong, but did they overreg it a little no. bit by inserting her in random scenes where? Clearly, she would never make it. Not for me. Certainly, at the point of invasion of time, she was entered in. The doctor was fully in control of the situation. Well, this is it. He knew he he had a plan. He knew what he was doing in invasion. Because of time, possibly Clara was there. was there to help him come up with that plan in a very subtle way that we didn't see. And all we needed to see in this episode was that Clara was there. But wait, Clara wait, wait. was there, and she had an impact at some point. No. No, no. I mean, let's let let's get really fanny. Let's get really, really, really nerdy, and talk about the Doctor's plan in Invasion of Time. He knew from the beginning of Episode One when he met the Vardens on their ship what he was going to be doing. The only surprise came was at the end of Episode Four 
when the Sontarans turned up. Right. So if you want to be really nerdy, to me, Clara didn't make any difference to the events of Invasion Wait, of Time. Wait, she does. She, it's got nothing to do with the Doctor. It's, it's to do with the intelligence. It's the intelligence that's trying to stop things happening. So all Clara has to do is to make sure she stops the intelligence and lets the Absolutely. Doctor carry on with what he's doing. Absolutely. But what is the intelligence stopping? What is well, the, we don't know that. What is Clara then trying to stop the intelligence well, doing? Well, we don't know because otherwise it would just be a series of five or ten minute flashbacks showing a small little story within each era of the Doctor. And that's not what was required. Yeah. What was required was for the viewer to understand no. that Clara was going back throughout the For me, the bit from Dragonfire works incredibly well because fans have always wondered how the heck did he get off that ledge when there was nothing visible on screen? That works perfectly. But then they show other scenes. I mean, this is horribly nerdy. Yeah, horribly it, it doesn't bother me in the slightest, I have to say. I think it's, it works it's, it's, just how it was. It's not about the Doctor. It's not about the Doctor. As you know, the, the fact of the matter is, the first time round, or in, in history as we know it, or in the, in the flow of the, of the show as we know it, it is the Doctor who's the prime mover. The events that we used to happen as they happen, i.e. the Doctor is the prime mover. The only time that changes is when is when the intelligence enters the time stream and tries to subvert all of that. Clara's role is not so much to save the Doctor as to protect him um, and to stop the intelligence doing whatever it is he's doing. You know, the, the argument could be that, is that there's a parallel series to be to be seen uh, of what Clara does to protect the timeline because that's what's really happening. It's not saving the Doctor as much as protecting the timeline from the intelligence. I think I I, I agree, and I think that's exemplified in 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 the extended sequence we got in black and white with Clara and the first Doctor where you know we I think we're supposed to read that the intelligence would have the first Doctor go in the wrong TARDIS yes. originally and therefore Clara was there to say you really want to go in that one you know and therefore when the Doctor does enter the correct TARDIS the correct type 40 which was beautifully visualised as a cylinder I have to say yep. um, I, I think um, the TARDIS was then saying you know a la Doctor's wife yes this is right you've made the right choice and the reason that choice was made was because of Clara and the reason she was there because the intelligence was there. For me, it's great. I mean, the intelligence is almost incidental as well. It could have been any monster invading the Doctor's time stream. But the fact that it was a fairly classic monster, I think, added rather than detracted anything there. I tell you, is 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 this the ultimate culmination of the new series where we have not the Doctor being the ultimate problem solver, but the companion yes. being the ultimate problem Yes, it problem was, because she was prepared to make a, a huge sacrifice. She basically ended her life to exist in eternity as as a fractured entity and what what more can a companion do to save the doctor and not did she just save the doctor she saved everything because all of those planets and the lives that the doctor had saved was about to be undone like so yeah absolutely for me but this this was done so much better than than, than the huge you know, companion events we've seen in the past. You know, Donna was the centre of the universe. And, um, you know, I'm not saying that was bad. And it had an emotional impact when I watched it. But this just worked better for me. And I, I think it's because the writing and the plotting he's done um, better by Stephen Moffat. I just wish he would have more influence over other episodes. So I, I tell you what, what, what some, let's talk about being fanishing. We are just trying to talk all over each other today. We're that excited, I guess. <laughs> um, something else... Something else which occurred to me was the idea that um, Jenna Louise Coleman or Clara is now the companion who has appeared with the most doctors. After, um, e- oh, even allowing nice for... call. Well, yeah. She, yeah, she will because, yeah. because even allowing for Sarah Jane's, the characters of Sarah Jane Smith and the Brigadier. Uh, because she's, a, I th- if I counted it right, she's appeared with eight of them. 
Oh, you've counted them. I tried to. So, <laughs> she, so, so, so she, she's appeared. So Jenna has appeared with number one, number two, number three, number four, number five, number six, number seven, number eight. Very, very briefly, number nine, yeah. number and number eleven. So that's ten of them. And we know she's going to appear with the Tenth Doctor, and we know she's going to appear with John Hurt, whatever Doctor he may be. Mm, exactly. So, so you are absolutely right, and I think we'll have to have that as a quiz question uh, <laughs> in the future. Which companion has appeared with the most Doctor? Yeah, technically it's Absolutely. Her. One thing I do want to say, because I'm going to forget if I don't, um, think back, if you will, to the God Complex, uh, with the Doctor looking into his room with number 11 on it, going, oh yes, it would be you. How <laughs> we have the answer to nice. that question now. It's got to be John Hurt. Nice. I hadn't thought of that, actually. Well done. Did somebody raise that recently? As I, I, that's an original thought. I haven't had time to even look on the computer, really. <laughs> no, 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 that, that's really good. I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure somewhere, something I've read, someone raised what was in Room 11, but that's really good. Um, okay. So that, that, this, this is all quite cool. So it seems that we quite like this. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. This was probably the best episode for me in in a very long time, certainly, as I said, of of season 7B. There were some very strong contenders um, in the second half of season 6 for me. Girl Who Awaited, God Complex for two, you know, two that I really, really liked. But I think this is probably the best Stephen Moffat story, certainly. I just wanted to talk briefly about what this is, what I thought this was about, um, mostly because it's, it's stuff that I've been thinking about recently anyway, but here's the thing, I mean, what we've got here, the story, to me, clearly the story is about the Doctor, in, in, in a way that no story has been about him for the last 50 years, you know, this is the Doctor, this is from serious, serious character development, there's uh, elements of fear, regret, Love, disappointment, hope, aspiration—you know, we, it, this has been coming for, for 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 the last year or so, where we, where we understand the Doctor really doesn't like himself. But we can we, we can be we can now be more specific, as James has just indicated. Say it's not himself he doesn't like; it's this particular bit of himself. Um, but I think what helps us to to explain this is a little bit of semiotic theory. Um, you know, the idea that which is the idea that the relationship between a word and what it signifies is completely arbitrary, and this and this is borne out. By the number of names that, that that the intelligence calls out for the Doctor, um, it's not just the Doctor. He's the Beast. He's the Storm. And come on, we we must have all smiled when they said the Valiard as well. And I think, and inside semiotic theory, there's this idea that that names. Uh, are, well, there's, there's there are a couple of ideas here really. There's a thing called structuralism, whereby things don't really have meaning except for in relation to other things. So, for instance. John Hurt Doctor doesn't really mean anything except in relation to the other Doctors because there's, there's a thing or a concept called binary opposition. Um, in order to define one thing, you have to know what its opposite is. Um, so, very, so pretty much like in the in the time of the third and fourth and fifth Doctors, you had the you have the Doctor and the Master there. The Master tells us who the Doctor is because he's everything that the Doctor isn't. Um, and I think what we're going to get here with John Hurt is this idea of binary opposition. In order to understand what John Hurt is, we uh, so you know yeah in, in order to understand what John Hurt is, we have to know that the Doctor is heroic, true and good and decent. But John Hurt is apparently all of these things. But uh, is the opposite of all of these things. But I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not actually sure. I think he just... It, it, it's about that decision he made uh, to end all of the Gadafran's lives and the Daleks' lives in a time mm. war. I think it's just that one thing. I don't think he's an evil doctor. I don't think he doesn't care about all of the things that the remaining remainder of the doctor incarnations care about. So I'm not quite sure if it's as... 
diametrically opposed as as your um yeah, I, mean, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know tom i mean i mean i mean tom i i profess to know nothing about semiotic theory other than what you just talked about then in the last 15 i'm not doing seconds, much justice in fairness talking, <laughs> well but what while you were talking it made me think about um one phrase from this story that really stood out cool. for me the fall of the doctor yes we saw the fall of the Doctor in this story. Now, you know, for ages and ages we've been built up about what does that mean. In this story we finally saw it. It, it was literally a fall from orbit of the TARDIS and the Doctor. It, it, it wasn't anything more substantial like him, him dying or him having a great defeat. It was just the TARDIS, the Doctor and Clara falling from orbit well no i think there is there's 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 a very clear indication that there's a fall from grace as well because there's 11 disgusted and ashamed and angry uh with this this version of himself was he really yeah, absolutely absolutely, oh, absolutely he was i mean to basically not acknowledge an entire incarnation if indeed that's what he's doing that's, I mean, well, first of all, it's a huge thing. It says a massive amount about the Doctor's character. It says a massive amount of how he responded after the Time War. It says a massive amount about Stephen Moffat's view of Russell T. Davis' uh, universal get-out clause called the Time War, because he's actually going to address it now by the looks of things. I, I think this is a game-changer on every level. I would totally disagree. I, I think we've seen the fall of the Doctor. I think what the episode quite explicitly points out is that the name of the Doctor is a furphy. We weren't there to see or to hear what his name was, you know, Doctor Barry Who. We were there to see what the Doctor has done in the name of himself, in the name of the Doctor. And what this John Hurt character has done is not in the name of the Doctor and leads us to what we're going to be seeing in the anniversary special. So we've seen what the fall of the Doctor is. The TARDIS falling from orbit and breaking its window. No. What we are now going to see in the future is what this John Hurt character has done in the name, supposedly. No way. I mean, it can't be that, because that would be the same way as saying silence will fall, is when the silence fall off the ceiling because gravity takes hold. Yeah. (laughs) But how many times have we seen Moffat throw these little teasers out and then we get these incredibly you know, one might call mundane explanations for what they were. You know, fans spend so long exploring what they mean, but then Moffat just says, no, nah, they don't mean that. They mean this really small thing. Um, and, and, I, and I think the fall of the Doctor, is, or the fall of the yeah. 11th Doctor, is exactly the same. We've seen it, the, the, the TARDIS falling down. What we have to look forward to is what John Hurt has done in the name, supposedly, of the it Doctor. It might be a little bit more convoluted than that in as much as the fall of the 11th is where we realize the 11th that isn't really the 11th he's I the 12th bet you it isn't just like the exploding tardis is nothing it really isn't i mean we've built up this mythology about the exploding tardis but it's really really nothing and i think the fall of the 11th doctor is exactly the same just like for the last what 18 months we've been led to believe the name of the doctor is so important that Uttering his name is going to cause civilizations to collapse. Well, it did. That's what we've been built mm, up did. to in the last year or two of the it Doctor. Did. But it's not the it case. The, the, the Doctor's name is not <laughs> important. Did. The only thing the it Doctor's was. name does is open the doors of his and tomb. As a consequence, whole civilizations fell to pieces and Absolutely. were destroyed. And as a result, the 11th Doctor, as we know it, did fall because he isn't the 11th Doctor. He's the 12th Doctor, so we think. So the fall of the 11th was actualized 
on the fields of Trentalor, as Dorian said uh, about 300 years ago at the end of the last series. Stephen Moffat has spent his entire Doctor Who career building up these things that we think are important but really aren't, or that they're given such, I suppose you call it mundane explanations that... <sighs> You know, we go. You know, we go away from them, going that that's still a really interesting resolution, but it's it's not what we've been building up in our minds. For so, years so, what, and what years. have you been that's that's le- that's less mundane than a hidden incarnation? I'm not even relating that to the. Well, fall. I think the fall is related to it. The fall is related. Have to you it. guys been listening to what yes. I've been saying? Yes. I don't very, have very clearly. The doctor to be related <laughs> to the John Hurt Doctor. It's got nothing to do with it. We've seen the fall of the Doctor. Now what we're seeing now is what the John Hurt Doctor has done in the name of the Doctor, in the name of this of of one of the most important beings in the universe, the yes. man who has time travelled yes. more than anyone else, the name of the man who, when he is erased from existence and all his uh, victories are turned into effeats, the universe disappears, according to Madame Vastra. The 11th Doctor is is almost, to me, sidelined now. It's about the future. It's about what's going to be happening with what presumably may be Matt Smith being the 12th Doctor, and then, therefore, as a logical extension, what will the 13th Doctor do? Okay, so look, the fall of the 11th, as I think as James has already indicated, is and, and Trevor, which I think you've, you're, you're kind of alluding to, uh, uh, this as well, is that, okay, the fall of it is that his title is gone. The, the idea of this is, as is said in dialogue, um, the name that you choose is a promise. And this particular version of, of the Doctor has, chosen not, uh, has done these things not in the name of the Doctor. So the fall of the 11th, so, so, part, so, so, the, name he cho- so the name the old man has chosen is the Doctor. Um, and so the fall of the 11th is to say, well, so you were the 11th Doctor, huh? Well, here's his big secret stood in the middle of himself that says, actually, you're not. You're the 12th. There is the fall. Why is the events of what could potentially be the true Ninth Doctor the fall of the 11th? Right, because, okay, Why Trev, Trev. the fall of the 10th Trev, Doctor? If I, if I commit some hideous crime and change my name to Susan, then that's the fall of Tom. Yeah, and I go on, and I and I go and I go along and I do lots of good things in the name of Susan. Then, then suddenly it's turned out actually you used to be Tommy who did that hideous crime. So there's the fall of Susan right there. I'm with you so far. But that's yes. it. That's so it. That, that, that is it. the whole it's totality. The, the the act. But that's not it. So why isn't it the fall of the tenth doctor? Because this. Why isn't it the fall of? Because the we're in the eleventh doctor exactly. era now, when this. he discovers and when the audience, when the but viewers find out. What you're arguing to me is we're actually in the era of the twelfth. Yes, doctor. we are because there's the I mean, extra. You one can't there. have your cake and eat it too, guys. You cannot have your cake and eat it too. I'm sorry. If you're arguing to me that the John Hurt Doctor is the Doctor that's been forgotten, that he is the 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 um, Doctor that they're trying to forget, that he is the black sheep of the yeah. family, then it's not the fall of the eleventh; it's the, the fall of the. But 12th. it is from it the viewers' points of view. It is from the view, and that's the message that Moffat is trying to convey. He's trying to say, okay, the eleventh Doctor. In fact, if you look back at lots of Matt Smith episodes. There's lots of reiterations that he is the 11th. He even wears number 11 on the back of his football shirt when he's playing with James Corden. And the reason being is because I think, again, and you can retrospectively um, make this make sense, is that he's trying to assert himself as the 11th Doctor because he doesn't want to acknowledge this. He's actually the 12th. And therefore, when he has to admit it to his companions, as he did with Clara, hey, look... I'm actually the 12th. That's the fall of the persona and the image that he's created and has chosen to live. Yep. Thank it's you. his secret because he didn't want to tell anybody. And so when he's coming up to dying, as, as, as he, so, so when it's, and this, and note his reaction to, I'm going to die now, because he thinks, he, he knows deep down, he's like, this is it. 
this yep. is it. It's finished. Absolutely. Um, um, the, the question does arise, though, is right at the very beginning of the episode where that criminal, uh, the mass murderer who Vastra was interrogating, or I think we were meant to assume had captured, kept on saying, the Doctor's secret, it is discovered. Who on earth was he? No and How on earth did he know? Does anyone know? No, we'll find out. In the, we'll probably find out in the... Um... <laughs> In the um, uh, in the special, but but this does go back to the point I was trying to make with semiotic theory. When you name something, you define it. Some, things aren't things things aren't really created until they're named, and, and objects can't exist outside the cage of language. So I, I I think you're right, but I'm hoping that somewhere in the fiftieth, if it is as lighthearted as as as, as it's de- as it's mm, suggested mm. that it is, that there will be some hand wavy explanation to fix this. Um, but it but it does strike me, it does make perfect sense that this John Hurt character is the version of the Doctor he has chosen to forget and it, but, and it helps to make a lot of things a lot of sense it, it really does. really does it, it really oh, does Tom, I really hope on the 24th of November when we're reviewing this <laughs> we don't use the word or phrase hand wavy because that to me looking in the future will be the ultimate disrespect for what we're trying to build oh. up here and, and what I think the, what, what I think the name of the Doctor is trying to build up if, if you say to me on the 24th of November hand wavy mm. That will be it for me because um, <laughs> Doctor Who deserves more than that. I, I I think what we've got here in Name of the Doctor is enough to not have any of these wishy-washy explanations. Um, certainly Name of the Doctor ventured into territory where we're meant to just accept some of the stuff that happens, i.e. dreams being able to time travel, i.e. how did Vastra and Strax and, her, and, and Vastra's mate get to Trenzalore. Who took them there? How did the great intelligence get to Trenzalore? We're, we're just meant to accept that happens. Oh, yeah. If, if that happens in the 50th anniversary with a hand-wavy explanation, then... It's 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 going to really disappoint well, so, me. So, well, we can't. Okay, well, we can't legislate for that. You know, will we enjoy it? Will we not enjoy it? I mean, and, and to be honest with you, the whole point of talking to you about this stuff is because it, it it is stimulating, it is frustrating, it is interesting. Um, when I say hand waving, I think what I'm getting to is that an awful lot of Doctor Who that we accept as being fundamental to our enjoyment of the show is. Is it is born of necessity? So the whole idea of regeneration, uh, born of necessity. The whole uh, uh, 1966 lead actor is getting a bit difficult. Need and he can't do it anymore. Let's just regenerate. The show's going on. Um, similarly, when we get to is it the invasion of time when Robert jo- Robert Johnson? That's what that's what I've been thinking about this last week. Uh, when Robert Holmes says, "Okay, I can regenerate twelve times." Well, okay, there it is. We just accept it. And but then again, in is it the Sarah Jane Adventures? <laughs> Um, that one, five hundred and seven. There you yes. go. There's that phrase. There's that phrase. But then again, maybe that's retconning something into the time war. But look, here's the thing: Doctor Who is designed to do is designed to do the thing it's helping us to do now. Disagree, agree, but on the back of having enjoyed something a huge amount. Let's be fair. And I think we probably missed that a little bit. Is the fact that I think all three of us really did enjoy this episode. Yeah. And um, I, I, as I said, this this is a fantastic episode here. And I think we probably, I, I think we are actually arguing across purposes to a degree. But I think that that, that does show our passion for the episode. Oh, we, we really did enjoy it. I totally agree, mm. James. But we're arguing with each other because I think there are certain things in it that, you know, deserve discussion. That it 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 shows our passion and enjoyment for the episode that we've been sitting here for for so long, talking about it and and trying to come to grips with some of the stuff that may be slightly left of field in the story. Well, I, one thing I am very pleased it didn't go anywhere near, and that's this much-touted love triangle story between Riversong, Clara and the Doctor. Mm. I'm really glad that that was, uh, you know, it wasn't even hinted at. And I, I know Ian had read some stuff pre, I think, even 
the first episode, Bells of St. John's, have been transmitted to say this is where it was leading. Uh, we still don't have an answer as to who gave Clara the phone number in the shop in the Bells of St. John. Is that even important? Is that just going to be something else that's been thrown out there and never really addressed? I think one thing we can say without a shadow of a doubt is that once again, Stephen Moffat has posed far more questions than answers but it would be wrong to say he hasn't given us answers this time i think the clara arc is pretty much done now and i think we she's going to pretty much seamlessly transition to the role of regular companion at the very least for the 50th anniversary she said so herself in the episode my story is finished Mm. if we're to believe what we're seeing on screen her story is over, and it would be great if she became a red yeah, companion. She's, she's but that probably dovetails nicely in, in into some of the questions I had. Okay. And James, you you talked about River Song there. Um, I'll, I'll throw this to you two guys. Um, did River Song need to be in this story? I I would say probably not. I'm I'm not objecting to her inclusion, but I I think if she hadn't been included, we would have been saying, well, surely the Doctor's wife should have been present. Uh, what essentially was the Doctor's grave? Um, the, well, see, well, mm. there's the thing. It, it, she shows up looking like Obi Wan Kenobi, uh, but there, but there <laughs> again, there's. But there, there's <laughs> she does. I mean, a very, a very um, pulchritudinous Obi Wan Kenobi. It must be said. Um, but that, but, but that's no, no. Sorry, so I've got to ask. What was that word? Pulchritudinous. P U L. Of course, I can spell it. P U L C H R I T. Let the fans look it up. For goodness' sake. I just put. I think you're making up words again, Tom. <laughs> Let it be a Doctor Who Easter egg. There you go. We've got to have Good one of our own. Go for it. Anyway, sorry. But what is it? Pulchritude. Pulchritude is beauty. Extreme ex- physical beauty. Anyway, anyway. Um, but the point being that, aside from anything else, um, the, the, the presence of River talks about the, um, the Doctor's tendency to carry guilt with him and to realise the guilt. And it's so powerful, of course, that so powerful is, is, is his guilt and his fixation that it can be seen by other people. Okay, it gets, so it's a bit of magic. But also this ability for him to ignore things which are plainly there, which I think roots back to John Hurt. Hurt is there. Um, but he never talks to it. He, he can hear it. He can see it. He just doesn't admit it. Same thing with River. She's always there. She can always speak to him. He can always hear her. But he just ignores it. Well, how does that? How does that work? That's one thing I didn't quite get. Yeah, I mean, are we in the realms of magic again? Yeah, of course we are. It's Doctor Who. It's science fantasy. Uh, it's not magic though. I mean, that that's the same problem I had with the you know the master being reincarnated. That's the same problem I had with the magic in the uh, Shakespeare Code with 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 the witches and mm. that. Doctor Who isn't about magic potions it, it it isn't about i suppose to a certain extent science that can't be explained I, I think if we start explaining doctor who in terms of magic terms then that's not well let's try and look at it see if it was just magic right because at, at the conference call we had a river song who could have come from any point in her timeline so you know uh, she died the very first time we met her it was explicitly stated she came from her computer generated so is she still on cow it still works if she's still on the computer she's saved but it was able to bring her presence on that hard drive into the conference call she then linked to clara because it's articulated in a piece of dialogue the the reason the doctor can still see her then was because she was linked psychically to clara which also explains why no one else can see her but the so i think Yes, except the Doctor. Yeah, yeah, and again, why? Yeah, so I suppose there is a little bit of magic, or um, well, not really. What yeah, we're she, defining as magic. Well, this, this is the thing. She, she can be. The Doctor can see her. He can see her because she exists in a way, in in a very real sense for him. What we saw in this episode with the, you know, the dreams being able to time travel and the Doctor being able to see 
River was magic. I, it wasn't what, scientific. The, the dream stuff, I think you're taking too literally, right? It's when anyone dreams. They can dream about things 20 years ago. Or yeah. they can even dream about something, you know, in the no. future. I think that's the way it was put. And this was just taking I'm it to I'm on board with Vastra being able to communicate with Strax. I'm on board with Vastra being able to communicate Jelly. with her companion. I'm on board even with Vastra being able to communicate with River. Because <clears throat> that's, that, that's a scientific computer related type connection which can be hand waved dare i say it away with a line of dialogue but when we start talking about dreams being able to communicate via time travel and the doctor being able to see someone who really isn't there to anyone else merely through a line of dialogue saying i've always been able to see you um that enters the realm of magic form. Well, okay, look, so consider that Clara, even though she doesn't realise it in the timeline that she's in or the one that we're following, um, is, is present at every point of the Doctor's life from what, we, from, from what we're given to believe. So it, we, from this we can infer that she's there when River dies. Even though she doesn't know it, she's there when, she's, she's there when River dies. The doc, uh, River knows how important she is to the Doctor because she knows about all the spoilers. The Doctor can see River, ergo, um, the link between River and Clara is reinforced by the presence of the Doctor. He can see her. He's, she's very real to him in the same way that anybody you love very dearly, even if even if when they've passed away, yeah. is there with you. Okay, I'm all for that. But we talked earlier about the things happen when they happen. Clara's effect on the timeline only happened with regards to the Great Intelligence, i.e. her being spread Jaggeroth-like through the Doctor's time yep. stream. When she entered the Doctor's time stream, it was established before that already that the Doctor could see River. Mm-hmm. Now, if we're talking about one part of the episode being about things happen when they happen, and then another part of the episode saying, well, things always happen, then they contradict each but other. He could, act, he could actually see her because of the psychic link between Clara and River. And when Where they're it, in the timeline as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Whereas when he can always see her at other times, it's in the same way that Tom was just describing. When someone has died, they're never really gone because they're still there. This time round, in this story, you just had a physical manifestation of it. You're having your cake and eating it too. You're saying that she can see yeah, River via Clara when she's there and she can see River when Clara's not there. That is basically saying... She can see River any time he wants no. to. That's magic. No. That's no, no. not a scientific explanation. You're saying she can see it via one aspect and then another aspect. Two totally different reasons, two totally different explanations, but to you guys, they're both the same, and that's, that's wrong. Well, okay, look, to, to, be, to be fair, this, the effect becomes stronger as we converge on the, on, on, on the, on the prime event, and I'm making that up, but you know, on the, the prime event being the, when Clara enters the Doctor's timeline. You've been making it up for the last five minutes. Yeah, but at the same time, Wright has been making it up for the last 50 years. I don't see the problem with this. The fact of the matter is... <laughs> the fact of the matter is... <laughs> But, you know, as, as soon as, we, as the closer we get to the prime event, which is um, the, the entrance of Clara into the Doctor's time stream, the stronger these effects all become. You know, as as they're wandering around the TARDIS, it's like oh, I'm falling over. I don't remember all this stuff. What's going on? The effects get a bit stronger. But in fairness, in fairness, um, what what we seem to be saying, we don't we don't seem to be arguing about have we did we enjoy the episode? The answer to all of this appears to be yes. We we are just getting down in the nitty gritty. Some of us are being a bit literal. Others, uh, but other but but you know what? This is what goes on inside. I think the heads of most Doctor Who fans this triumvirate conversation, which to say I want to believe it but well, how does that happen and if it were not for the fact that we could have this sort of conversation 
which I must hasten to say very clearly and distinctly, I have missed. Um, then you know, there you know, the, the, the would be nothing. If Doctor Who was easy, simple, straightforward, linear, and literal, then you know how much of a story is in there. Um, this to me is great because it's. I think it's the darkest thing we're going to see in the fiftieth year. To be honest with you, um, because that, you yeah, think? definitely. I mean, the the fiftieth anniversary. Is... You think we're not going to go darker when we start talking about the ninth Doctor? No, it won't be. The fiftieth anniversary will never be a dark story ever, ever. Be. And and even the actors and people who have been involved in it have said it already that it's much more like. Then why are we heading down that? Well, road? we don't know yet. That's why the beauty do of we... Doctor Who. It's trying to please all the people all of the time. We know enough good. by the. <laughs> last 30 seconds of Name of the Doctor that we're going down a dark road. We, no, we know, started we, it. We don't know what's coming. I mean, that's the whole uh, well, dare I say it, pulchritude of the show. <laughs> uh, yeah, pulchritude has a very specific meaning but I'm glad. Well, thank you. That's nice to know that you actually listen. That's wicked. Um, <laughs> I've, I've written it down and I will use it in future conversation. I'll have you know. Which is, which is, so look, <laughs> okay, so look, maybe the thing we have to, dis- maybe the thing we, 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 we can discuss in, in a in an interesting way, would be well, so, so the weather. Well, the weather. <laughs> well, Where to from that, here? Yeah. I mean, the thing that I noticed, because I'm a fan of a certain age, is that the Tom Baker costume that ran past, and I'm still, I still think there's something in this that they were all running somewhere. Um, the, the, Tom, the, the Tom Baker costume was was his last one, not his, you know, not 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 the season thirteen or fourteen or fifteen. It's, it's his last one. It's the, it, Can you really tell that from his yeah, back? Have a look at it. Because all we saw a baker was him running away from yeah camera. in the big I'm, I'm the, sure yeah, yeah. of that. Can you really tell it was the I, season? Yeah, I, I, can, I, I think I think Tom is right. I think Tom is right, but it's not anything to do with what he's running away from. It's it's the Towards. whole thing. This the last thing that Clara said, Go on. which is "Run, you clever boy, run." Now that that that, that, that works for me, but I think the, the 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 leap of fan imagination I'm making is that the. Well, it's Eccleston, really. It's 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 Eccleston and Baker that are doing this. Uh, Tom Baker that are doing this because it's a season eighteen costume, and Eccleston's wearing a black jacket. A black. I'm just thinking, is that is the way to get them into the fiftieth? And this is just me wanting it to happen to say that they're running towards something. Um, that we'll finally and we'll see what that was in the fiftieth, which and it's you know it, it's the it's them sort of coming back to life if you like from the point at which they regenerated, which is possibly the Tardis wardrobe. There, maybe that's where they're heading. That's the one. Oh, listen, how how, how mm. lovely was it to see that thing? You know, I, I love that throwaway line. Of course, they buried me in it. Where else? <laughs> I have two questions for you. One slightly flippant, and one's a bit more serious. The first question is. What adventure was it that we saw the sick doctor in when he walked behind Clara in that corridor? Okay, time lash. I have no idea, so I'll go with that. <laughs> that seemed like a specially filmed scene because it was a body yeah. double, and we saw not Clara the first in time the that Colin Baker's had that in Doctor Who. With... <laughs> no, well, true, true. So maybe that's more of a homage than we realise. <laughs> but um, yes, uh, that that was that sort of stood out for me in terms of um, they couldn't really find a sick doctor adventure to a CGI. Uh, Jen Louise into mm, maybe yeah, maybe. But my next question is is slightly more serious. Now, with all the stuff we had at the end of the adventure with um, uh, the Eleventh Doctor and Clara explaining to each other that he had this, I suppose, dark incarnation. There, we saw the back of John Hurt. Secret. There. Yeah. Did we need the title card saying introducing John Hurt as yes. the Doctor? Did we really yes. need that? Because I what I've 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 seen this story twice, and each time I've resented the fact that fans are being spoon fed. This is the Doctor in big bold text. I really thought that the episode itself was subtle enough, that it was clever enough, that explained in dialogue 
from Clara's point of view that we were seeing all the doctors and then from the doctor's point of view that we were seeing this dark doctor. Did we need John Hurt as the doctor? Uh, do you know what? I, 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 I'm going I'm to go back to something that came up from watching the BFI and Rosani <laughs> interview. It's all about... Who doctor? Why doctor? What is it doctor? But what does that mean doctor? So yes, we do, because that's that's what Doctor Who does. Who is that? That's the doctor. Clara asks us, and then the screen tells us, yes, that's the doctor. And so the, and the mystery is, well, how do we resolve that? Are you saying that the impact wouldn't have been just as good by having him turn? Oh, but yeah, but then again, we would have been, we'd have been having this conversation about why not have something said explicitly then yeah. instead. So, <laughs> I mean, ultimately, why do we need all of these old doctors? Why did we need so much footage in it? Why did we need such a complex storyline? Why did he have to be buried in his TARDIS? I, I agree, but I mean, that that's one that 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 that's the only part of the episode that I felt really spoon fed. Oh. <laughs> I, I, I I had I no all the stuff up till then. I sort of took that this guy was something different this guy was a doctor that this guy was something that the 11th doctor was a bit shy about that didn't really want to talk about clara had already established that the only people she saw were doctors that that was the only thing that was in this part of the the time stream doctor's memory that the that she was in but then we got this title card that went if you hadn't picked it up in the last five minutes of dialogue this is what John Hurt actually is. I felt really spoon-fed, and I, I felt like a child. I really did. No, yeah, fair enough. Look, yep. I, I, do you know what? I I I just liked it for, for dramatic effect. So did I. I've got to be honest. I, I it was there. It would have survived equally as well without it. But did I object to it being there? Exactly. Was I patronised? No. Thank you. Absolutely not. I felt patronised, and I thought the scene would have worked just as well with him just turning to camera and going. Who exactly is John Hurt? <laughs> Not John Hurt is the Doctor. I, I think it's like Ace. we were seeing the end of a Star Wars film or a James Bond film or something. I mean, did we get that at the end of Planet of the Spiders? Did we get that oh, at the end of come on, you know, um, Case of Andrazani? You know, a title card saying Colin Baker is the Doctor. I mean, I've, I've seen the criticism of me on the forum saying. You love the classic series more than the modern series. I'm trying to say that it's one big story now, and you guys are because at the beginning of this that. podcast, you said very clearly, modern Who is massively different. It's made in a very different way. It's made in a you know totally um, well a technically different way, and it appeals to a different kind of audience these days. And it is massively different, but it's not made in a way that patronises its fans by saying this person on screen is the Doctor. Just in case you hadn't figured it out. From the five minutes of previous I think we, just in case I don't think it's patronising and I certainly to the, the, the minuscule element that makes up the Doctor Who segment of the viewership and secondly it just doesn't bother me no. I think we've given far far too long James, to James ma- give him his milk we've got to get on the plane so here's, here's the thing um, to, to adjust, just finally to address this point about being specific and explicit um, yes it needed to be there because otherwise there's a certain element of fandom who are doesn't really, who, it doesn't really matter who will say no it's not it's, no it's not where did it say he's a doctor right okay so do you know what there it is there's the man's face 
There's his voice. There's his. Act, there's the actor's name, and there's the information. He is the Doctor. For instance, um, the other great bit of news, which, we, which we've not mentioned, is that season eight has been confirmed. Absolutely. But even, but yeah. even still, there are some fans going, "Has it? Hasn't really been confirmed. Um, hasn't really been confirmed." And Matt hasn't said he's done it. Matt has said, "I'm. I start filming season eight. Doesn't say he's finished filming season eight now." So anything which removes ambiguity <laughs> like this, and you're right, Trevor. Trev, you're right. It is explicit. Right. I'm going to go with explicit rather than patronising. Um, fixes things. So that it just removes a whole lot of things to worry about. But there will be still people going, that's not really the Doctor. There's the man's face, there's his name, there's his character's name. That's who he is, that's what we're working from, that's where we go. Do you know, what they should have had was John Hurt saying, I am the Doctor, whether Trev likes it <laughs> or not. No, what they should have said was, I am the Ninth Doctor, <laughs> I am really guilty about the Time War. You know, you're going to have to wait till November 23rd to find out why I'm guilty about the Time War. The end. But uh, but yes, listeners, we would like to hear what you think about all aspects of The Name of the Doctor, including our varied opinions on it. Uh, despite the fact, I mean, I think we ought to just clarify this. Tom, did you like it? Of course I did. It's a great thing. Trev, did I've you seen, like yeah. it? Yes. Wonderful. And I liked it. There we are. That's that's the most unambiguous we've been the entire episode. Wow. But send in your comments. There can be no way anyone on the forums or the Facebook or the email can write in and go. Trevor doesn't really like Doctor Who. He hates it. He hates modern fans. Send your feedback into us at feedback at the Doctor Who podcast.com and we'll be playing it in an episode that's coming up very, very soon. Now, next week, we're going to be talking about Season 7B. Oh, my God. <laughs> Why did that feel? <laughs> oh, no. We're going to talk about Season 7B once there's been a little bit of distance uh, from the last episode <laughs> gone out, so we're all a little bit uh, more calm. <laughs> Um, and then the episode after that, we're going to be including your feedback. So please make certain you get your audio feedback to us. Once again, no more than two minutes. One thing we would ask, if you are going to record some feedback for us, can you please include an intro? You don't have to do it in a separate file. You can just say, this is Fred. I live in Australia. This is the Doctor Who podcast. And you are most welcome. James, you do realise I know of no one called Fred in Australia. No one at all. No, I, I know of no friends. Oh. I know a lot of people. I'm very influential down here, but <laughs> no one's called Fred. Okay. So maybe you should do that so again. No, no, I think we're looking for Freds in Australia. I'd like to know if there's any you're Freds. Narrow, you're, you are narrowing your audience a lot, I'm afraid. <laughs> If you're looking for friends, you're not going to get much feedback at all. Okay. So that was episode 208 and the beginning of the ongoing debate concerning the name of the Doctor. So please, please, please join us for um, episodes 209 and beyond, where we'll be examining more burning issues. Uh, and of course, continuing the incredibly popular Seventh Heaven series, where um, we examine the era of the of Sylvester McCoy from a brand new perspective so gentlemen thank you for your time in the camper van this morning um I'm not sure when we'll get when, when we three shall meet again hopefully it'll be soon mm-hmm. um but very yeah yeah, yeah definitely because yes. like, Trev I, oh, you know th- there are things I've missed and oh, <laughs> oh. things you haven't missed so much yes well, uh, then there's yes, Trevor I get that yes. a lot you know yeah. it, it, yeah. I, I, the, the reason I strapped myself into the chair here is to stop myself from hitting the microphone um <laughs> But yes, <laughs> so a pleasure as always, gentlemen. And of course, if you'd like to get to uh, send in some feedback and join the debate on the forums, then please, it would be amazing to hear from you. Um, for now, though, it's certainly goodbye from me. And goodbye from Trevor. And goodbye from James. Bye for now, everybody. Of course, yes, Trevor being that incarnation of ourselves, we're ashamed to admit to. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> that was the Doctor Who podcast. 
which you can find at thedoctorwhopodcast.com. If you have any feedback, please send it into feedback at thedoctorwhopodcast.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and via the Doctor Who Podcast forums. Thank you for listening. Take care. Thank you.